With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption and logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to our Gen Con wrap-up episode, everyone. Uh, we are excited to share all the cool things that we did and the people that we met. We want to remind everyone about the contest and review drive that we have going on right now. If you leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, it does have to be Apple Podcasts, before our next Character Evolution Cast episode, you could possibly win a weekend pass to a Catacon or a t-shirt from our Tee Public store. If you left us a review on Apple Podcasts previously, you've already been entered into the contest. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we currently have 41 reviews uh, between all the countries. Uh, and if we hit 50 reviews, uh, we will commission a new t-shirt designed based on our Inspectors episode uh, featuring the Ghost Shanks to Go team, uh, which you could actually choose if you won the contest. Uh, and if we hit 75 reviews... Uh, we'll throw something extra in there as well, but we have not decided on what yet, but we will announce it when we do. Right now, we are about to read our very last review, so please leave us one and also enter this contest. Mm -hmm. This one comes from Power of Friendship from the United States on iTunes. A must listen for any RPG fan. Character Creation Cast is low-key one of the deepest, most effective dives into the game design space there is. Creating characters is often the first experience players have with an RPG, yet it's something that gets overlooked more than it should. This show shines a light directly on this vital aspect in a friendly, fun, and engaging way. Amelia and Ryan's calming presence, easy rapport, and effortless positivity makes them downright delightful guides. With the addition of a guest, often the game's creator or a longtime player, they show you how the process works, or doesn't, how characters interact and support the mechanics, and how you can build a nuanced, three-dimensional character who's living their best life. The guests, creators, and games Amelia and Ryan showcase are also impeccable. You'll learn an invaluable design concept like Eight Kinds of Fun from Jim McClure, learn about wonderful people and podcasts like The Magpies and Playtest, and learn about amazing games like Descent into Midnight, which I sought out based on the recommendation. I was the sentient feeling of letting go of a regret, and we all cried. It was amazing. That's awesome. If you're a fan of RPGs, Character Creation Cast is a must-listen. Thank you so much. Holy crap, that's like a super nice review. Oh my <laughs> I love gosh. that review so much. Yes. Oh, God, that was so great. Thank you so much. Yeah, that made the, my day. The power of friendship. Thank you so much. With all of that out of the way, 
here's the episode. Yeah, enjoy. To a special bonus episode of Character Creation slash Character Evolution Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and today my co-host Ryan Bolter and I are going to talk about what we did at Gen Con. Gen Con! Gen Con! Uh, Last time we did an Evolution Cast episode, it was uh, how to prepare for and potentially survive the convention. Now, everyone, we are here to let you know uh, we mostly survived. I think we did, yeah. I think we did. How was your... Okay, so I want to start, Ryan, and ask you how your convention was, because I know that it was your first time. This was my first Gen Con. This was my first convention that was not a catechism. No, wait. Okay, I lied about that. There was one day of midwinter gaming convention uh, this last year in January, Um, but... uh, That's a little bit different, though, because that's only like an hour away for you. Hour and a half. Yeah, it was like an hour and a half drive, and I was only there for that day to run two games, and then I left. Yeah. So I, I don't really count that. Uh, but yeah, this was like the first full convention aside from a catacon that I've gone to. Um, uh, pretty remarkable. Like I, a, a lot of things happened that I didn't anticipate and a lot of things didn't happen that I did anticipate. So it, it was really interesting. Um, so the question is then, do you think you'll go back? Yeah, I think so. Um, now that I know what it's kind of all about... I, I think I just need to uh, budget a little bit better for next time, because <laughs> <laughs> the the aftershock of uh, seeing my credit card bill uh, has been fun. Oh, yeah. Um, I actually did pretty well that way. Maybe we should just start there. Let's, let's, we'll talk about our events, but let's talk a little bit about, like, um, our spending choices mm-hmm. since we're already there. I did pretty okay this year. Um, Every year I visit the Chimera booth, which for people who don't know is the, everybody calls it like the dead CCG table. They also have dead RPGs. Um, But basically they come (laughs) in with like all of these out of print card games and RPGs and have shelves and shelves and shelves of them. Now, Chimera, I've actually never been there despite living like 20 minutes from there for four years. Mm. It is in your neck of the woods. They have one in Appleton, I think. Oh, the Chimera Hobby Shop. It's like yep. literally two blocks from my house. Okay. Yeah. And they have one in Fond du Lac too. And I've never been to the physical location, but every year I buy stuff from them at Gen Con. Oh, wow. So this year, because they have a ton of old out of print L5R stuff that yeah. you can only get like the PDFs of anymore. Um, and they're not great scans. So I <laughs> bought uh, Time of the Void which is a much bemoaned adventure for (laughs) Legend of the Five Rings for the Clan Wars era. Um, We complained about it a lot on Garbage of the Five Rings. It's Mm -hmm. a terrible adventure. So I definitely bought the book. Um, (laughs) I bought um, the Hidden Emperor book, which is the story arc that we're covering right now. And I bought 
Merchant's Guide to Rokugan, which is just a terrible supplement for that game. Um, <laughs> it's, it's so bad. It's like, this it's, book came out in 4th edition, and it was horrible, but I got it because... Oh, yeah. It didn't come out in 4th edition, Ryan. It came out in 2nd. Oh, oh, goodness gracious. Yeah, we're on 5th now. <laughs> I bought some Genesis dice because I have Genesis, but I didn't have any dice for it. Mm-hmm. Um, what else? Oh, I bought dice for my kids. Um, Nate wanted some in Hufflepuff colors, so I did that. Mm-hmm. And then Eleanor wanted, and I quote, unicorn dice. So mm. I bought her some that were like pink and purple and sparkly. Because apparently cool. that's what a unicorn looks like. Mm-hmm. Gosh, I know. Oh, I bought For the Queen, um, which oh, is fun. Alex Roberts' new game. I got to play that when I got home with my mom and my sister, and it's fantastic. It's a nice. very simple um card-based storytelling game and it kind of gives you these prompts and you go around and just you read the prompt and then you kind of tell a story based Mm -hmm. on that little prompt it's fantastic and something i would strongly suggest for people who want to kind of introduce their family to role-playing games but Mm -hmm. like in a simpler fashion yeah um oh i did get the fiasco in a box game i didn't buy that but i got the promo copy for our interview that's out already with Jason Morningstar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about Very you? Cool. Um, I bought, I think, nothing gaming related. I'm sorry. <laughs> Back that up. What? Okay. So my wife and I, we went to the the exhibition floor on Sunday, I think it was. Uh-huh. And how did um, you find that? Um... 10 minutes in, we're like, we got to get out of here. <laughs> it was a lot. It's a lot. It's, I mean, it's, it's gigantic. It's gigantic. Mm-hmm. We went um, through maybe about a sixth of it. Um, yeah. I saw some really cool art. Um, I saw some cool cosplay accessories. I saw uh, some interesting dice. I saw some really, really huge dice. Um, <laughs> and I was like, well, I, I can see myself spending... A lot of money if I had a plan of what to go and spend money on here. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't have the inkling to actually buy anything. Well, and it's also incredibly crowded. So, like, you can't yeah. spend a ton of time. I mean, you can. I did spend a ton of time on the exhibition floor. Yeah. Um, but I have to do it always in smaller doses. Mm-hmm. And so generally it's, like, kind of a first pass through of, like, hey, these are the spots that I know I want to stop at. Like, these are, you know, the particular game companies or whatever that I know yeah. that I want to see. And then um, I usually do kind of a pass through of, like, I just want to, like, look around for a little bit. And then I mm-hmm. remember where I left off and go back another time to, like, continue oh, yeah. my pass through. So I spent a lot of time on the floor, but not all together. I have sense. I have a science. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. My my friend did message me, um, I think it was Thursday. Uh, he wanted me to pick up a promo copy of Smash Up, but you needed to, quote unquote, pre-order it and bring them the, the slip. Uh-huh. But uh, my friend never got back to me with a code. So I think it was just a, a matter of, you know, yeah. uh, maybe I don't want to go through all of that hoops and, and whatnot. If I would have gotten that code, I would have found that booth and I would have gotten it for him. But yeah, my goodness. I could tell yeah. you exactly where that booth is because it's the AEG booth. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. It's right next to the Fantasy Flight booth. Oh, there you go. Uh, Yeah, because it always is every year. 
Yeah, um, for for me, like literally that that exhibition floor was just a very unorganized mess because I had no idea what I was looking at. I was just like, here's some gaming stuff, here's some more gaming stuff, here's some more gaming stuff. I have no idea who's what. Yeah, it was interesting. Yeah, it's a lot. It is a lot. It is a lot. Uh-huh. Um, I love it. We bought, um, Jude and I bought uh, some, well, he he bought, I should say, um, some old L5R CCG cards, too, um, which he would have spent so much money on Yeah. Um, very gladly. Like, at one point, I physically pushed him away from the booth and said, stop it. <laughs> um, but we, we were very happy with the, the cards we got in those packs. But That's good. I mean, you can easily just spend, like... Got so much money, uh-huh. um, and it does take a little bit of self control. But on the other hand, there's also the reality of the fact that you have to carry that crap around with you all day. Uh-huh. Um, so that did stop me certainly from buying mm-hmm. some things because I was like, "Oh, I like it, but yeah. gosh, it's so heavy." <laughs> um. Okay, so let's dig into the actual like activities of the convention. Mm-hmm. And what we did while we're there. Yeah. Um, I know you and I didn't see a whole lot of each other. So. No. I, I was I was a little bummed about that. But, I mean, Gen Con is such a whirlwind. It is. And I'm, like, I'm, well, surprised, dear listeners. Very particular about organization and scheduling. Uh-huh. So, um, you know, if it's not if it's not on the list, not going to happen. Right. There's a plan. Don't, don't mess with the plan. Do not mess with the plan. Yeah. Um yeah. so let's let's start with Wednesday. Yeah, Wednesday. Wednesday. I drove there. I yep, believe you did too. Yeah, my so, wife and I drove up there together. Yeah, so I got in Wednesday, I think around four. Um okay. and then threw my stuff at my friend Elise's place because that's where mm-hmm. I was staying. They were not home. I had a key from when <laughs> I stayed there last year. So I threw my stuff into the guest room. Uh, quick changed my clothes and ran back out the door <laughs> so that I could meet <laughs> up with some people before the fantasy flight panel. Yeah. Um, and uh, stood in line for that for a while because mm-hmm. we got there like an hour early. I don't like it's a huge panel. It's not full, but we were like, we yeah. need to be there. So mm-hmm. um, stood in line for that. Convinced them that we were media because I do have an L5R podcast. Mm-hmm. Fantasy Flight does L5R. And by convinced, I mean um, friend of the podcast of G5R, uh, David, was like, hey, you should go get a media pass. I'll vouch for you. And so we went over to the table (laughs) and we're like, hey, we make an L5R podcast. Um, We have business cards. And they said, sure, here's your media pass. So, yeah, we went to the convention or to the um, panel, listened to all of the new stuff that FFG is doing. Mm -hmm. They said literally nothing about L5R. Until mm-hmm. the Q&A section and somebody was like, hey, what about this game? And they're like, yep, we'll have stuff. Yep. And then we went out the side door to the media area where we could ask questions and like look at prototypes for the new stuff. Um, but all we cared about was L5R. So we stood around for 10 minutes deciding where we were going to go to dinner. And oh, then we go. went to dinner. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was that. Fun, yeah. Sounds fun. It was good. It was a lot of yeah. fun. Um, I had plans to go to the Diana Jones Awards uh, that night. Uh, we had gotten in in the afternoon as well, and then we were trying to figure out what to do, and we had some stuff at Will Call to pick up. Uh, so we're like, um, I'm communicating with the broadswords, like, hey, do we want to meet up or anything like that? And it turns out that Bianca and Tracy 
were in line with Daniel Kwan um, oh. at Will Call. So we're like, okay, we'll, we'll head on down. So we did. And the line was ginormous. Oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. So we walked down the hallway, right? And there's like a, a part in the line that, where there's a huge gap. Yeah. And we're like, oh, this must be the end of the line. So we got in there. And then we looked behind us and the line kept going and going. We're like, oh, this isn't where we're supposed to be. So we walked like probably a, another like, you know. Oh, yeah. It goes all the way around the corner. and down Yeah. And, yeah. It was like 500 feet probably we walked. And then we finally ran into uh, Bianca, Tracy, and Daniel in line and they snuck us in. Nice. Um, in place. That line moves fairly quickly it was though. very fast yeah so people always this is a thing with will call i i don't like standing in line so i get everything shipped to me yeah um but i do know people who like have to do the will call stuff um mm-hmm. and the line looks horrendous it looks terrible but from what everybody's told me it moves really fast it's like they very, have it down to fast. a science and they get you in and out real quick I had to, like, walk past that line to go to the Fantasy Flight panel, and already, like, there's, like, tons of people moving around, and I was like, I hate everyone, and then I was like, oh, no, no, self, it's Wednesday afternoon, you can't be like this already. Yeah, I thought there was a lot of people there Wednesday afternoon, and, like, later on, it was just way more. Yeah, you were Um, like, oh, no, how wrong I was. uh Uh-huh. But, yeah, the five of us, uh, we decided to go grab some dinner together. Uh, so we did that. We walked around a bit till we found a place that uh, was agreeable to everybody. Um, so Thursday, mm-hmm. what did you, did you have stuff Thursday morning? Yeah, I had a, what did I have Thursday morning? Um, it was, oh, it was a 10 o'clock game of Descent into Midnight mm-hmm. uh, with Rich Howard um, and Neil Powell. Oh, cool. Um, who uh, we both had on the show uh, recently, or not recently, within the last year and a half since we started. Uh, literally, is our first episode. <laughs> I know. Literally, Carry our on. first episode, Neil. Carry on. Um, also, also ran into um, uh, ugh, a whole bunch of other people like on the way there, met some awesome people, played with some awesome people there, and uh, it was just a fun game. Uh, I played the uh, living embodiment of the ocean which were which was created out of um the utter destruction of a complete populated city and all the souls collaborated together into one entity that was me oh my gosh and that happened to all five cities on the planet and there were five of these living oceans um rich's friend steve played the other living ocean and we were all named after each stat in the Descent into Midnight uh, character sheet. God, this game is so bananas. I know. <laughs> Dang. It was it was super super great. Um, oh my goodness, yeah. There was uh, my my wife played her second time playing RPGs, mm-hmm. really, and both times was Descent into Midnight. It's a good game. It is a good game. It's a good game. Yeah, it was uh, uh, so good. So normally I start my conventions with Descent into Midnight. Um, mm-hmm. I started that at Gen Con last year when I bullied Jude into playing with me. Um, I We talked about it in our – it's in the secret archive. We did a Gen Con wrap-up last year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I bullied him into it and said, hey, I know your schedule is free. I know you hate the ocean. Come play this game with me. Um, and it was the very first thing we played last year. And then um, we signed up to play again at a Catacon. He actually – 
put my schedule together for me because I wasn't feeling good. And I was like, here's my password. Make a schedule. So he signed <laughs> us up to play that. Um, this year, unfortunately, we couldn't make it work. We wanted it to be the first thing that we played and we mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't get the schedule to work. So it ended up being the last thing we played. So I played it late Sunday morning. Oh, yeah. At like 10, I think. Oh, um, also with Rich Howard. Um, oh, nice. Yeah. And it was um, – we played it with two of the hosts of Nerd on a Roll. Mm-hmm. And then one person – um, his name was Phoenix, who had never played a PBTA game before, had not okay. really heard of Descent into Midnight. Um, I'm trying to remember what he said that he had played. It was like Warhammer and um, some stuff like that. And so Rich was like, okay, so think about that game. And then this is none of that. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he spent a little bit of time talking to him about like what this game was and you know, like he'd signed up for it because it sounded interesting or like mm-hmm. he had a spot in his schedule or something like that so he was not the like fanboy that the rest of us were mm-hmm. uh, who had all like played this before or at least heard of it or you know yeah whatever um and oh my god like he caught on like right away yeah his ideas were fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was so good. Um, we played like none of the game. <laughs> we, spent, <laughs> we spent three and a half hours of our oh, four hour wow. session doing our character creation and world building. Yeah. Because we kept being like, okay, but what about this? Mm-hmm. Okay, but what about this? Yep. What about this? And I, I'm trying to even remember, like, I didn't take notes during it. Um, I'm like, I just, I don't even really remember what we made or did or anything. Mm-hmm. But I just know that, like, I gladly would have sat there for five or six hours just doing the world building stuff because we kept coming up with Mm -hmm. more and more ideas that were so cool. Yeah. And, like, Rich keeps getting so excited about these things. Uh Like, every time, like, he just is like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. That's amazing. amazing." So, like, you want to just keep doing that. Mm -hmm. And, like, every time I have played this game, I walk away feeling so, like, creatively fulfilled on Mm -hmm. top of, like, that, like, heartbreak or whatever which i didn't feel as much this time because we didn't really play it um but like it just feels so creatively fulfilled it Mm -hmm. was so good and so even though we didn't get to start the convention with it i got to end with it and that was still like really good yeah it was really good we got to the heartbreak during character creation (laughs) um rich did cry at one point during character creation I, i i love how vastly different the games can be and it's been so insanely different every time I've played. Yeah. And, like, I've played with some of the same people before. Like, mm-hmm. every time I've played, it's been with Jude. Yeah. And yet every game has been so different. So different. Yeah, it's 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 really a wonderful exploration of collaborative world building and character creation that you, you don't even need to play the game to, like, like literally play the game with mm-hmm. all the mechanics to enjoy it because... You can you can build characters, build a world, and and you're telling a story during that time. Yeah, and it's wonderful. It's so good. Yeah. Thursday afternoon. Yeah. So um, that my oh, yeah. my game butted right up to the character creation cast panel. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, uh, it was with Rich Howard, and um, of course, 15 minutes before we were supposed to stop, somebody was like, "Let's split the party because that's what has to happen." Um, <laughs> and I'm like, oh, oh, okay, okay, we can work with this. <laughs> like, I gotta go. I'm freaking out because, like, okay, I gotta go in five minutes. I gotta go five minutes ago. I gotta go ten minutes ago. All right. Okay, this is fine. 
I so I didn't have anything until two, which yeah. is when our panel was. So mm-hmm. I spent some time wandering the exhibit hall and stuff that morning, um, and then made my way over to where our panel was. Mm-hmm. Um and uh had Grant Howitt sign my Grant Howitt and Chris Taylor sign my spire book. That's awesome. Um yeah, and then we had our panel. Yeah. It it was uh I, I felt so bad being late. And, like, getting lost twice yeah. trying to get there. But, you know, it's my first Gen Con. This is the first time I've been going places. Yeah. And um, I had no idea where the ballrooms were, so I was all around the first floor trying to find them. Um, and then I got to the second floor, still had no idea where the ballrooms were, um, and went down the wrong hallway and found that the doors in that hallway were tied shut with a rope. Yeah, that was super <laughs> weird. It was super <laughs> weird. Instead of, like, being locked or something, dear yeah. listeners, they had rope tied around the handles on the insides of these doors, which I'm sure was not a fire hazard at all. Probably not. It was fine. I mean, Don't. if anything was going to start on fire, it would be on the stage, and, you know, at least the audience could get out the back. Right? At least the doors <laughs> that were closest to the stage were the ones that were... <laughs> tied shut yeah um so we had our panel which was similar to the panel that we did at a catacon which was um james damato running us through some exercises from his book Mm -hmm. uh the ultimate rpg character backstory guide his first book his first um twice published twice published james damato yep um and grant howitt was nice enough to join us for that panel since he had joined us for the spire episodes and we decided to use our spire characters Mm -hmm. i think james was annoyed with some of our silliness (laughs) what (laughs) right i know but i had an amazing time it was great it was so good i mean we talked so much about mayonnaise um but little too much we had a we had a lot of people at our panel who didn't know who we were um, yeah, that was that was really interesting. It was like half the room. Yeah, it was really it was really bizarre because I was like James was like introduce yourselves and I was like, "Well, I'm sure if people are at the character creation cast panel, they know what character creation cast mm-hmm. is." And he's like, "They do not." <laughs> so <laughs> um so if you have found our show based on your uh trip to our panel at Gen Con, welcome. Yeah. Um it was so much fun. We we talked a lot about mayonnaise. Yeah, there was a lot of talk about mayonnaise. Uh, not as much goat chatter. No, because apparently gonna... Grant doesn't like goats anymore. I know that was that threw me for a loop. It really, yeah. But you know, um, a lot about knights riding other knights into jousting contests, and that was so good. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> apparently, the way that they joust is you ride another knight. Yeah. Um, gosh, yeah, there was just a lot of good. It was it was very fun. It was very fun mm-hmm. uh, to kind of explore that, and that's. That's one of the things that I love about Spire, honestly, is that there's a lot of, like, world-building seeds in the book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know when we first played it, like, with my group, there was a lot of concern of, like, are we getting all of the details of the world right? Right. And then after recording our episodes with Grant and him talking about how, you know, like, the way that you level up in that world is by changing the world mm-hmm. that like there's no way to be accurate to what's in the book because right. anything that you do is going to affect the world around you yeah um and so it was a lot of fun to take some of those like little world building seeds that are already built into that into that world mm-hmm. and like expand on them and make them our own and yeah um you know make them special mm-hmm. yeah so after the panel then what happened I ran straight to another panel um, that started at three or 
I think three, mm-hmm. whatever time, like exactly the time our panel got done, which was yeah. funny because uh, James D'Amato was also on that next panel. Oh, Lord. Um, so he had to run too. Um, it was the um, Jim versus James, and it was on character death in narratives. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, so that when they talked about um, how to do character death, um, what it means, whether it should be on the table, whether it should be permanent. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just a really fantastic discussion between the two of them about, because they have very different viewpoints on running games and, mm-hmm. you know, like Jim's idea is that character death should always be on the table. Right. Um, because you are making those kinds of risky decisions and, mm-hmm. you know, like anything else, like death is on the table. And when death happens, it should be permanent. Like yeah. it feels less important if, you know, you could always be brought back or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um, and James's argument kind of was like, it's, um, it needs to be narratively valuable. And like, sometimes it just doesn't feel good mm-hmm. and um you know there are plenty of superhero stories and things like that where death isn't permanent yeah and you know so it's just an interesting back and forth um yeah. i think ultimately i agree with jim more so mm-hmm. um although i did argue with him later <laughs> that um <laughs> no jim death doesn't have to be permanent because what about necromancy <laughs> that's true <laughs> and he said he said well, that's a different thing. So <laughs> that's, that's about undeath, not right. Yeah, regular death and living. Yeah, uh, but it was a very interesting panel because I think that they both had a lot of really valid points, and I think it is a discussion that happens a lot in RPGs and like what is the role of death, especially in a game that has a lot of combat and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was really cool. It was really cool. Yeah. Then we had the um, Quizdom Mastery panel. Yep. Quizdom Mastery panel, um, I was teamed up with Mel D'Amato, um, and then you were teamed up with... With Jim McClure. Jim McClure. Uh, uh, bad boy of RPGs, uh-huh. Jim McClure. <laughs> and then uh, Aaron Catano Sayas and uh, James D'Amato were teamed up as well. This was, uh, like, I think by far my favorite panel. Oh my god. Um, It was, oh my god, it was so much fun. I hope we do it again. God, it was so good. It was just so good. Um, yeah, it, I, I had a lot of fun. Uh, Mel came up with most of the funny answers and then corrupted me uh, throughout the panel. Obviously. <laughs> so, like, I, I started leaning into the, the the little bit naughty answers. A little bit naughty? Uh-huh. You were a little bit naughty. Uh-huh. I, I almost apologize for that, but, you know, it was fun. Yeah, Jim and I were not good at it. Okay, first of all, I want to point out that there were no L5R questions on this yeah. quiz. Um, which was garbage. Didn't they didn't they have L5R questions that they got rid of? Yeah, they said they had one, but they ended up cutting it out. Because who um, cares about L5R? Because, I don't know, they had too <laughs> many questions. It was very heavy on D&D, which none of us really knew it was anything a, about. Th- yeah, a little too heavy on D&D. Um, and I think uh, Jeff and John uh, realized that afterwards. Yeah, well, and I think that they... Because they had a lot of questions that we skipped, too. I think they weren't entirely sure how long stuff was going to take. And, yeah. Um, and they definitely, this was the first year that they've run it, but basically it was a trivia thing um, with questions about RPGs that were like very niche, very difficult to answer. Yeah. And then each team had a whiteboard and we had to like write down our answers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were not good at them. None of us were good at them. But if you've yeah. ever watched um, Big Fat Quiz, which is what they kind of base this off of. Um, a lot of the answers end up, you just write down silly things because you don't know the answers and mm-hmm. then you kind of argue why you're correct. Yeah. Um, 
And Jim, for some reason, he wanted a third of a point for something. And <laughs> John told him he could have half of a third of a point. Um, so then Jim demanded that all of our points be calculated in sixths of points. Uh-huh. So we did end the competition with 52 sixths of a point. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. And, I think and the last other two place, teams think, had right? like 11 and 12. Yeah. Like somehow my team was second and... Mel and I were like, how did we get second place? <laughs> oh, because Jim and I did real bad. Because <laughs> we would just, every time like a question came up, we were like, sorry, we were homeschooled. <laughs> <laughs> like, we just wanted to, like, we we agreed at the beginning that, like, that was probably going to be our answer for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to write on the whiteboard because Jim had terrible handwriting. That makes sense. And I have okay handwriting. But, yeah, he did say that, like, the reason that we don't know the answer is because we're homeschooled, so. (laughs) I mean, which is, in fact, true. So, it it was so fun. It was so fun. It was a really fun panel. Um, Might have gone a little too long, I think, um, because two hours was a lot for having the same sort of uh, just question answer thing. See, and I thought that that was fine, because I think that it felt like, like, an hour wouldn't have been enough questions. No, definitely not. I think if it had varied and not been so D&D heavy, mm-hmm. two hours would have been fine. Yeah, I think so too. Because once we got into the non-D&D questions, there was a lot of interesting history yeah. uh, that we were delving into. And I, I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I actually learned some stuff during the panel. I know. Yeah, it was I cool. know. Um, I definitely want to do it again next year. So Yeah. Yeah, I think it would be really fun. Mm-hmm. And the nice thing about that one was all of the ticket sales went to charity. Um, so yeah. everything... Was donated to Trans Lifeline. Mm-hmm. So. And I think uh, matched by somebody as well. Uh, I think the network matched. Yeah. 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 I thought that was really cool. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah. Uh, so what did you end up doing after the after the panel? Um, after the panel, I went out to dinner. Um, mm-hmm. We went to this like really far away taco place um, that had some kind of like, it, I don't even remember what the name was, but it was something like that sounded more like a British pub than a okay. taco place. And I remember being like, this can't be it. But mm-hmm. it was. Um, so we went there with our friend Dylan and Dylan's friend Sean. Um, okay. Just to, like, go and hang out and kind of be a little bit away from the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, just have some dinner and talk about whether it was ethical to melt the ice caps on Mars. Oh, fun. Yeah. Um, so what did you do after the panel? So after the panel, um, I was feeling kind of isolated in a big crowd, I guess you could call it. Uh, So my wife and I were literally off to the side while the rest of the network were just kind of mingling in the hallway. Yeah. Um, And then uh, we saw Richard Crates Landry on the other side of the the pile of people um, because Richard's real tall. Yes, he's hard to miss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But he, he gave... We had no idea what to do. We we had no idea what was going on, what plans were. Uh, we were we knew we were hungry, mm-hmm. um, and we knew that this was kind of our last thing, I believe. Um, I can't remember. Um, but uh, talked to Richard, and he's like, "Hey, we're gonna go get some food. Uh, you want to join?" And we're like, "Yeah, we want to join." Um, and then I ran into Amaraz, mm-hmm. um, and we talked for a bit about Chimera and a bunch of other stuff, um, and then. After that, we were like, okay, we should go home. And then we talked for a little bit more. I keep saying go home, and I mean the hotel. We know. Yeah. Um, But my wife even commented, it's not home, it's the hotel. 
I know. Oh, but yeah. That's just what I, I kept said. saying home. <laughs> <laughs> um, so stayed a little bit longer talking to Amaraz, and which was interesting because on the way back, I uh, ran into Renee from Fate and the Fable Maidens. Um, oh, okay. And got to finally say hi in person. Uh, I saw her at our panel in the audience, but she had to run before the end of the panel as well to get to her next event. So it was just really cool. She was one of the people I really wanted to meet in person. Yeah. Um, and getting to see her and, and say hi and take a picture uh, for like a couple minutes was really cool. Yeah. I love getting to like bump into all these people that you like have wanted to meet or haven't met in a while or yeah. whatever. I think that it's was cool. the, the most magical part about Gen Con is like walking down a street and, oh, hey, there's somebody that I, I wanted to talk to. Oh, for sure, it's the people. Like yeah. I, like I play a lot of games, and I kind of remember what happens in those games, but I always remember like the people that I was playing with, or mm-hmm. those kind of experiences, so much more. Absolutely. Friday. Friday. Yep. Um, I started right away with a game at ten o'clock in the morning. Ooh, I started um, at nine. Mm. Yeah. I was very excited about this game. I had a ticket to play uh, to play test Heart with Grant Howitt. Nice. Um, so Grant was running the game, and then I played with Dylan, Jude, Aaron, and then two other people whose names I totally forget, and I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, I know I see them on Twitter all the time, and I don't remember who they are. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but so Heart is um, uses the same um, resistance playset that Spire does. Mm. Um, it's much more of a dungeon crawl kind oh. of a thing. Um, has a little bit of like body horror element to it, um, which I'm usually like kind of like eh about. This game was so much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, you are playing in the heart, which is deeper in Spire. Um, okay. Things are weirder and creepier, and um, just generally like more unsettling. Yeah. Uh, we had to. We had a casino that you you paid in things like fingers and teeth and oh, memories and. Um, like you were giving physical parts of your being oh, to wow. this casino and it was like constantly manifesting new games of chance that we didn't entirely understand. Yeah. And there are these like, like cultists of the hungry deep that like they basically want to be consumed by the heart. And so we had to like keep them out of our casino because they were like losing on purpose. And oh, wow. then there's also this angel that like came um, because they come like basically every time something is off-putting the heart like it's it's upsetting the balance Mm -hmm. um and so there's like this angel that's made of like meat ribbons and stuff i don't oh my gosh grant killed like half our party i was just insane but as grant is killing us he is shouting game daddy is here (laughs) and it was so good it was so much fun it was so much fun so very very happy sounding game it was yeah it was great it was i like i had such a good time um, and I really, so, like, I knew that I loved Spire. I knew that, like, Grant is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I wasn't totally sure how I was going to feel about this game because it's a dungeon crawl kind of a thing, which I'm I'm so-so on. Um, B, it's got some body horror stuff mm-hmm. in it. It was fantastic. I loved it so much. Oh, yeah. Um, so, newsflash for people. Um, next month, that's what we're going to talk about. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> they do have a Kickstarter coming up for this one. Um, yeah. God, it was so good. It was so good. <laughs> it was so, like, it was just so much fun. That's awesome. I, I'm really looking forward to diving into that and see what that's all about. Yeah. That's cool. 
Uh, yeah, and that morning, uh, Friday morning, 9 a.m., um, I got to the stadium with my wife, uh, first time at the stadium, uh, went into the the lower corridors, uh, I don't know, and found our room, nobody in it, like, not a soul, just a whole empty room to ourselves, which was really interesting, like, okay, maybe 9 a.m. is too early, and we had one person at my game at Chimera. So, because of all the, like, debacle of uh, not being able to have my stuff scheduled until three days prior to the convention, mm-hmm. um, I literally only had one person sign up for each of my events, which Ooh. was, like, so disappointing. But I got to try out Chimera solo, uh, solo play, like, one-on-one. Oh. Um, and how did it go? Worked out very well, actually. Um the the person that played Friday, uh, her name was Tia, and she played a demigod rogue. Cool. Which was just amazing. Um, basically, she was the daughter of Loki. Didn't know she was the daughter of Loki. Was an orphan since as long as she can remember because her mom died before she remembers. Mm-hmm. Um, and Loki was never there. And... Um, Grew up uh, on the streets and in orphanages and became a rogue to try to, you know, do all that sort of stuff and live. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, eventually it it culminated to her um, discovering this demigod power inside of her as she was trying to escape from uh, this heist. Mm-hmm. And after she discovered that she had this extra power in her, that's when Loki was allowed to to come see her. And say, cool. hey, this is what's up. And we had this really interesting role-playing moment of, um, yeah, I'm, let's, how, how to put this? Uh, okay, so I, I'm your dad and also a god. And this is really awkward for both of us. And I understand that. <laughs> <laughs> so we had, That's cool. We had that sort of role-playing moment. And I was like, this is really cool. Um, and it, it was really fun. And, and she's uh, such a, uh, an amazing person. She's been going to pecans for only Four years, uh, but only 18 years old as well. And she started going because she wanted to design role-playing games. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And so she's been playing a lot of games that are still in progress, mm-hmm. being designed, um, and signed up for this one because it looked really interesting. And we had a lot of fun. We had a, a good chat about game design as well as uh, playing this really cool one-shot, one-on-one adventure. Very nice. Yeah, I had a I had a blast doing that. Well, I didn't have anything after Heart until four. Did you have? Um, I had the the broadswords panel. Okay. Uh, which was the the live play with uh, Travis McElroy and uh, Daniel Kwan. Oh, cool. So we got there, found out that uh, we left our tickets back at the hotel. Mm-hmm. So we had to stand in the, like, I forgot my tickets line, or I don't have them printed off line, which was, like, literally my wife and I and one other person. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? We were literally at the front of the line, like, ready for getting into some good seats. So, A, we had good seats, and B, I could get out of there pretty easily. Yeah. But uh, ended up being at the back of the line because, uh, silly me, forgot our tickets. And they wouldn't let you in even though they knew you? Well... I mean, it was it was the staff. There was like oh. staff there as well, taking tickets and 
helping oh, out with it. Oh, probably because it was a bigger... Yeah, it was a filled room. Like, absolutely t- filled to the brim. Uh, standing room only. Um, We're not that important. No. I mean, <sighs> if tra- Travis McElroy uh, is yeah, a huge name. We'll uh, never be Travis McElroy important. And any nominated uh, podcaster, Daniel Kwan, yep. was also there. Uh, so that also drew in. Plus, hey, we had published author TV's James D'Amato. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and noted game designer Grant Howard. That's true. No, we had we had some decent stuff on ours as well. But you know, this is uh, yeah. this is something not different. Travis McElroy. This not Travis McElroy. It's okay. It's fine. We know where we are. <laughs> so I actually uh, got to meet uh, Travis before the show. Uh, he's very nice. And talked with uh, Travis and, and Daniel and, and the Broadswords beforehand. And that was a really cool experience. Um, I ended up sitting in the very, very, very back of the room. Because Aww. that's literally the only spot that was left for me. Um, you, couldn't have, you couldn't have gotten in good with these people and had, like, reserved seating. Okay. I mean, I could have if I had asked. But, you know, whatever. It's fine. It's you. You weren't going to ask. I wasn't going to ask. You know, be fair. It's fine. I'm the one that forgot the tickets. what's the point in knowing people if you can't use it right i know it's true um so it created a fun story because like probably about 20 minutes into it um i was pretty much on the edge of my seat the whole time and then i'm like okay i gotta i gotta relax a little bit so i lean back and set my head against the wall because of course i'm in i'm literally against the wall in the back by Mm -hmm. the doors um and then the lights turn off I bumped the lights and there's like five or six buttons in a vertical uh, column that are just like, okay, uh, uh, okay, let me hit the top one. That makes sense. And the lights turn back on and, you know, I apologized. And then 20 minutes later, (laughs) it happened again. It happened again. I had moved, but then I had like settled back and shifted my weight a little bit and my head hit the thing again. Ryan, Ryan, we can't take you anywhere. I was the lights guy. So for anybody that did attend the Broadsource panel, I apologize. But, you know, they had fun with it. <laughs> it. It's funny because I talked to Daniel afterwards. He thought that the motion sensor had turned off somehow. Oh. And so he was up there waving his arms, like in the dark. Ah, Daniel! <laughs> oh, Daniel. It was great. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I had to run literally from that. I had to bail out at about 45 minutes into it uh, for an hour and a half show mm-hmm. and run to my panel with uh, Aaron Catano Sayas and uh, Agatha from Asians Represent. And that was about world building through character creation, uh, which we will put the audio up for on the, the bonus feed as soon as I get around to editing it. Uh, it was a really good discussion. Yeah, I was supposed to be on that panel. I know. Because we were gonna, we were gonna do it. Uh, I think it still said too that like I was because they can't um, seem to figure out how to edit the Gen Con postings. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, it was scheduled at exactly the same time as my game. Yep. Like right smack in the middle of it. Right in the middle. So uh, I did not get to do that, but I'll have to listen to the audio because it was a it was a really cool thing that I wanted to listen to mm-hmm. or wanted to wanted to be part of, and unfortunately. Yeah, it was interesting because uh, I'm sitting over here looking over on the left of me and, and Aaron's got like all these notes and stuff. And then I look over on my right and Agatha's got all these notes and I'm just sitting here completely winging it. 
Like I was supposed to, we were supposed to prep for this. What's going on? They're like, oh, Amelia's not here. There's no color-coded outline. I don't know what to do. Oh, no. <laughs> Normally, Amelia does the notes. I'm so lost. <laughs> but it it was really fun. We, we, we got to, into a lot of really great discussion. Um, apparently, uh, do you wear shoes is uh, a good starting point for figuring out what the heck that means for society. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I love stuff like that. It's like... Okay, well, what kind of shoes do you wear? What do they mean about mm-hmm. you? Like, what what does that tell us about the world? That's you can start really small. Mm-hmm. And yeah, get get way deep into it. I agree. Yeah, you listen to the the panel if you have access. Uh, if you don't have access, think about getting it because that that is such a good discussion. I after my heart game went. We did a little bit of like walking around the convention floor. That's when we bought our L five R cards. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jude and I grabbed some lunch and opened our cards. Um, and then I spent the rest of the lunch, like, panicking with a stomach ache. Mm-hmm. Um, because after lunch, I had to run my game. Mm-hmm. Uh, dear listeners, I know we've talked about it a few times on here. I have run a game once, maybe twice before. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the same, like, continuation of a game. This is the first time I've run a game at a convention. Mm-hmm. It is the first time I had written an adventure. Yep. It is the first time I had run that adventure that I had written. Oh, no. It was the second time I've run L5R. Oh, wow. So I threw myself right into the deep end. Yeah, you did. I did not know any of the players at my table. Oh, no. I was hoping that, like, before the game, somebody would be like, hey, I'm in your game, whatever. Um, nope. Nope. So I that had sold five... out right away. Yeah, it did. Yeah. Um, well, here's why. It turns out, so I had five players. Mm-hmm. Four of them all knew each other and, like, had been playing together for years. Oh. So they'd gotten their tickets together so that they could all play this game. That makes sense. They apparently, like, one one person apparently um, knew me from Shadow of the Cabal. Mm-hmm. Um, also listened to Character Creation Cast. Didn't realize that I was the same person. Oh. Um, so that was fun. Yeah, that's cool. I was like, oh, yeah. Also, same Amelia. Yep. And then the other person that was there didn't know any of the other four people, but fit in, like, perfectly with them. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a seamless. Like, I would have thought that they all knew each other. Yeah. Um, I sat down and, like, got my stuff all set up and was like, okay, everybody, we're going to play a game. Like, <laughs> I was so, oh, my God, I was so nervous. Um, I prepped so hard for this game. Um, I like had my adventure notes and everything written down. Mm-hmm. I put out my NPC templates. Um, I made playbooks for the characters instead of just giving them character sheets. Mm-hmm. Um, so that they could like I had three different ones. There was a courtier, a bushi, and a shigenja. Oh, there you go. And then each of them had three options in there for like school and clan. Mm-hmm. Um. And then they could, like, write down their own advantages and disadvantages, their skills, whatever. You kind of pick what you wanted to do just to make it feel a little bit more personal. So we spent, like, the first probably, like, 45 minutes or so just kind of running through that part of it and going over through some world stuff for all of their uh, different techniques and stuff. I'd made up cards already so that they could have all that info in front of them Mm -hmm. rather than having to, like, fit it on a sheet or... You know, anything like that. I tried to, like, minimize the amount of stuff people had to have in front of them while still making sure that they had the information that they needed. That's cool. Because I don't like it when I have to, like, flip back and forth between, like, 25 different pages Mm -hmm. of things. And But also, like, I want to know what all of my techniques and stuff do so I know whether I can use them. They had not played L5R before. 
um, one person had run it once before. So I I had written my adventure because I wanted it to be an intro thing. I wanted it to be something people could play if they weren't me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I wrote it in like a very isolated space. It was like on this island um, away from the rest of Rogugan. Yeah. It was... It involved a minor clan, and I had them, like, help me make up the minor clan. That's very cool. Um, yeah. And so, like, cause, like, I wanted it to be something that didn't depend on a lot of lore knowledge, because I knew, A, that's a lot to ask of people coming into a game, mm-hmm. especially if you haven't played the game before. Yes. And B, I know who I am as a person, ah. and I didn't want to, like, subject anybody to that. No. So <laughs> I gave them, like, the bare, the bare bones part of it. Um, I think that they did really well. I think it went fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um if you guys are listening to this, I, I hope it went well. <laughs> I don't want to, like, say, like, yeah, it was, it was like, an unmitigated success. Um, there was – I did notice a couple things. Like, it's hard to – even without the lore part of it, it was hard to navigate the, like, social expectations of the setting because they're so different from a regular game. So to say things like you can't – you can't be, like, openly hostile with these people because you're just not allowed to. Right. You know, everything has to be a sort of backhanded compliment and, mm-hmm. you know, you have to talk around everything. Yep. So, like, that's a little tough to get people into without, like, having a ton of background information. Mm-hmm. So I still have to play around with that. Yeah. I think there are a few issues with pacing, maybe. And some of that was just because of those, like, the things that people didn't quite know. Mm-hmm. The dice mechanic's a little weird and can kind of take a minute to get used to. Um, overall, I think it went pretty well. Right. Um. I, I had a good time. I'm going to be running it again at a Catacon, I think. Really? I did already put it on the schedule, but I noticed that there's a lot of other L5R there, too. Oh, interesting. So. But, yeah, I had a lot of fun running it. Um, afterwards, I was like, thank you, all of you, for, <laughs> like, playing. I was like, this is the mm-hmm. first time I've ever run a game at a con. It's, like, the first time I've run this adventure. Um, and they were all nice enough to say that they couldn't tell. Um, so right. <laughs> thank you for making me feel good, even if you were lying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they had fun, legitimately. Uh, I, I would have loved to join you as well, but obviously it was, uh, it was during panels that I was on or wanting to go to. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and it's, I mean, and it sold out right away, but mm-hmm. like I said, I think that was because we had, yeah, absolutely. um, you know, like I think that group must have bought their tickets together mm-hmm. and then the one other person. Yeah, that, so. that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Very cool. Um, that night, I had uh, recorded with uh, the Gould family, the entire Gould family, uh, Marie Claire, oh, nice. Kyle, and their two kids, uh, for Tavern Tales family, uh, which they they play various things as families as a family together mm-hmm. on there. Um, and we recorded character creation and world building for Chimera. Cool. Um, and they had created this wild world where, uh, technology, effectively we hit the singularity effectively mm-hmm. and technology and nanobots and stuff like that were a huge thing. And all of the infrastructure of the world was getting rebuilt. Like all of the houses, all of the buildings, everything was getting torn down and rebuilt by these nanobots, uh, in order to make everything smart, quote unquote. Um, And even, like, humanity was enhanced by these nanobots. And there was, Mm -hmm. like, subsects of humanity that were kind of forced underground because they didn't want to get enhanced. So there was, like, this, like, weird political thing interjected in there as well. 
and it was it was just the most wild like creative thing that I, I I've seen for not only like Chimera but it was like these kids were coming up these really really out there ideas which was really really cool dude playing with kids is phenomenal because they have they don't have that part of their brain yet that's like well that's weird yeah you can't do that there's no limits to them like mm-hmm. there's no part of them that is like why can't i do that yeah. you know um even last night when we were doing um we were getting ready to do rpg night with my family mm-hmm. um and nate's like oh what are we playing because it's game night yeah and i was like well we're gonna play all out of bubblegum and he's like what's that so like i'm telling him he goes oh an imagination one and i was like yes and he goes yeah imagination (laughs) great buddy you know so like everybody else is like okay i'm gonna wait in line and nate's like i get a dog this dog can teleport and i was like what oh okay (laughs) oh if you roll well enough yeah kids he did not um yeah kids are kids are a lot but they're it was so great for role playing yeah it was so fun um and we we ended around like 1 30 in the morning oh my gosh Saturday. Yes. Um, I played L5R. I did not run it. I played oh, it. Oh, nice. Um, it was fine. <laughs> That's my my take. Um, going into it, Jude and I were very much like, okay, we have to like keep ourselves together. Mm-hmm. Like, let's not ruin it for everybody else. Let's you know, mm-hmm. let's let's tone it down because obviously he and I were playing together. Yeah. The adventure was. I just don't think it was very good. Okay. Um, this was the official adventure being run by Fantasy Flight. Mm-hmm. Um, it was you were playing as like um, Ronin or um, like mine was like a geisha who was also secretly a shigenja. Um, there was a monk. There was a Ronin. There was like an artisan pot maker. Okay. Like I don't understand why these people were together. Yeah. Um, we were like doing this job where we had to like go and collect sake that was supposed to be delivered to this wedding that wasn't Mm -hmm. and we were doing it for money okay um which is like inherently not part of l5r yeah um like you just don't deal with money at all so like the motivation just felt really weird because that's not what i expect out of that game it was very much like you meet in a tavern you accept this job off you go which is not an l5r storyline right so really i think that's where most of my hang-ups were um, it was just that, like, I don't understand why this group of people is together. Mm-hmm. The adventure itself was okay. Um, it just didn't feel like L5R to me. Yeah. So I was a little bit bummed. Um, I mean, it was still fun to play, and I still like the game and everything. Um, I had also just come off of running my own game, so I was trying really hard not to, like, tell the people around the table what to do because some of them hadn't played before. Yeah. Um, I was trying to, like, leave room for our GM to do that. Uh, I had a really hard time keeping my mouth shut. <laughs> I tried, like, I don't want to be that player because, like, I know that that player is annoying. Yeah. Um, and so I, I did my best to tone it down. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. It was, I mean, it was okay. I like playing L5R. I just, I didn't, I didn't like it. Right. The adventure just wasn't, it wasn't my jam. Yeah, um, it happens. I don't think it was very good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not anybody's fault. Like, it was just, like, the things, like, the pieces just didn't f- fit together right. for me. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, my Saturday was very relaxing. Didn't have anything going on until noon. So uh-huh. we literally, we slept in until like 8, 8.30. Um, got some breakfast at Yolk, I think it was called. Um, mm-hmm. Which was really, really good. Um, and I, I think my wife's uh, eyes were bigger than her stomach. She ordered a little too much. 
Um, but you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Um, and then went to play Blue Planet with um, Jeff uh, from Biohazard Games and uh, Neil Powell again. Oh, cool. Um, and, and a few others that I do not remember the names of, unfortunately. But um, yeah, it was the version three of Blue Planet. Um, not the one that we had covered previously, but no, the new the one. The new one. Uh, super interesting. Uh, they've got like skill sets that are like go from general to specific, They're, like three mm-hmm. tiers. And the more specific of the skill that you're able to use, the more dice you get to roll. Oh, cool. And you have to try to beat a certain uh, number that's based upon uh, your skills and, and the difficulty level and and your attributes and stuff like that. It was, uh, it was a little, uh, difficult to get used to at first, but, uh, like after a couple rolls, we were like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was really cool. Uh, we played as, uh, a charter service team, uh, that mm-hmm. took boats out for fishing or whatever, or deliveries, whatnot, who, whose, uh, boat and team were hijacked by, uh, these, uh, mafia type individuals that were trying to get this crate that was lost at sea or something like that, that had this super valuable stuff in it. Being hostages tied up on the boat and uh, trying to figure out what to do. Uh, cool. Yeah, it was, it was really fun. Uh, we saved the day. Uh, very anticlimactic at the end because we planned it out <laughs> so well. Uh, but, it, but, it, but the story was really good surrounding it. Cool. It was like, this, this feels like the good way for us to end the thing because we started off with a lot of action. Yeah. Um, and normally it ends with a lot of action. So nice. it was really cool. Uh, I really liked that. After I did L5R, we Jude and I had lunch. Um, I had a little working lunch because we had some planning to do for Garbage of the Five yeah. Rings. Um, some complicated stuff we'd been trying to figure out that like uh, text chatting was not working. <laughs> so we finally sat down as the first planning session for this stupid podcast that we've ever had in person. Oh, yeah. Uh, so that was cool. <laughs> um uh, we wandered around the floor a little bit, I think, before that, and um, took some pictures mm-hmm. of us being grumpy about Taturi. So that was cool. <laughs> um, and then we did the campaign live show, yeah, um, which was fantastic. They played a version of Reflections, like a sort of modified version of Reflections, mm. to come up with some character backstories oh, and some world-building stuff that they hadn't done yet on the podcast. Nice. Um, I believe that'll be on the patreon feed at some point Mm -hmm. um it was really really good um and then after that was the one shot meetup Mm -hmm. yeah which i love it it was a lot of fun um yeah the the one shot meetup that night was i I started off feeling uh isolated again because for for whatever reason like i get uh, into these large groups and I feel like I'm all by myself unless I have a good anchor to, to work off of. Um, mm-hmm. and in, in this case, it turns out my anchor was the, the broadswords when they came in. Yeah. So once I saw them come in, I'm like, I have to go and say hi. Uh, and so I hung around them for a bit and had a really good time at that point. Um, ran into Rich Howard as well. Mm-hmm. Um, got to say hi to him and see him completely freak out about the Descent in the Midnight games that had been going on over yeah. the weekend. Um, and that was delightful. And uh, just just seeing everybody there was super cool. Uh, and it was just really cool meeting, like, fans of our work. And yeah. fans of the network. And, 
and and they were just so delightful. <laughs> Last year, so like the first year at Gen Con, um, they had the one shot meetup, and they had booked like a room yeah. for it, and um, they gave them a much smaller room than what James had requested. Yeah. So I couldn't even get in the room. Oh, boy. Um, I ended up leaving and going home and, like, having a meltdown. Yeah. Um, because it was, like, I planned my night around going to this meetup and, like, it was just bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was also my first year at Gen Con and, like, everything was wrong mm-hmm. with it. It was bad. Um, just like with Gen Con and with my life. <laughs> um, last year, we had just joined the network um, and they did it right after the um, – network panel which we didn't have this year the network has gotten a lot bigger it's way harder to coordinate everybody's schedules and so it just um was easier to not do it um and they didn't really plan a meetup um it was like kind of an unofficial thing Mm -hmm. afterwards everybody's like what are you doing and jim's like oh i know of this room we can go to Mm -hmm. so we did that um and it was a lot of fun to just like hang out with people like that was one of my favorite things we did last year this year i think because it was a little bit more officially unofficial um, there were a lot more people there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was really good to like see everybody that I knew was going to be there, but like I hadn't seen mm-hmm. yet. Um, so I got to, you know, like hang out with some friends. I know um, Grant and Chris were there because <laughs> Grant was like, I don't know, somebody just said show up here. And so I did. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to them for a while, um, talked to Jim McClure for a while. Um, Jeff and John from System Mastery mm-hmm. were there. Um, I got to briefly chat with some of the broads um, and mm-hmm. then, like, got pulled away somewhere else. Um, I ran into Mike Migdahl from Neoscum, and he, like, gave me a big hug. And I was like, cool, that you know who I mm-hmm. am. Um, like, I do know that we recorded a podcast together, but also, like, I was barely there because mm-hmm. <laughs> I had really bad internet. <laughs> um, at one point, I was talking to my kids, um, and they wanted to video chat. And so, like, I had them on my phone, and I was, like, showing them the room, and Nate's like why are you there? That's so many people. And I was like, buddy, this is one one room at one hotel uh-huh. at <laughs> this convention. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I will never go there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then we're out in the hallway and I'm video chatting with them. And he's telling me all about this, like all about Sonic and everything. And I was like, yes, I know Sonic can run really fast. <laughs> and um, Mike McDowell walks by and he's like, he like walks and then he kind of like backs up and he's like, you talk about Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun though. Like after that, I ended up going out for dinner with some people mm-hmm. um, with just like my friend group um, just to like kind of take it down a notch yeah. and everything. But um, it was so much fun to just like hang out and chat with people yeah. and you know yeah w- like that's uh, that for me is like the fun part of Gen yeah Gen. it was it was a lot of fun uh once i finally was able to to get out of my shell a little bit um i sat in a circle on the floor with uh victoria and bianca and a bunch of others uh yeah that was a fun floor circle i sat there for a little bit it was too great. <laughs> it was a good floor yeah, circle <laughs> it was really fun um and then afterwards uh i i went to dinner with uh rich howard um my wife of course uh and then Ishan and Shane from, I think both from Total Party Thrill, um, mm-hmm. were with us. Um, and um, and Neil, Neil Powell as well, joined us. Um, yeah. And then after that, uh, Rich was like, all right, uh, we got to go to DarcyCon. And I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> okay. We walked across town to uh, a place kind of near our hotel. Um, and it was this bar, and we went to the back room and uh, got to see Darcy Ross. 
and mm-hmm. got to see a bunch of other people from the One Shot Network. Uh, ran into Kevin Pedicker, um, who uh, wrote Princess World, um, and mm-hmm. was it The Ward? Uh, the maybe, I, yeah, I don't remember. I think so, um, yeah, The Ward RPG, uh, both excellent, excellent games, um, and that was just a in- really interesting cap to the night. Sunday, yes, last day of the convention. Mm-hmm. Um, I started at 11. Um, uh, yeah, I started at 9. Uh, I played a Descent into Midnight, which we already talked yes. about. So let's talk about your thing. Okay, so I started at 9. Uh, it was another Chimera game, uh, official on the books. Uh, one person had signed up for it. Uh, they didn't show. But oh. um, I had a call out on Twitter like, hey, if there's anybody that wants to do uh, Chimera, this is where I'm at. Um, don't worry about tickets, whatever. We'll, we'll work it out. Yeah. So one person showed up, um, uh, Schmitty as they go by, um, they, uh, played a solo game as well. And we played, uh, was it Magical Girl Superheroes, I believe. Um, and the, the world, uh, was based around like, is kind of a modern ish world where magic was kind of not really able to be seen, but uh, this mysterious force was unleashing the seven deadly sins personified upon the world. Um, And they were trying to like take over cities and zap energy and all that sort of magical girl stuff. Um, So they, they had to go against um, sloth, which was making everybody tired. Mm -hmm. And um, they had super speed powers Uh, which is why I put them against Sloth, um, to give them that little bit of challenge. And then Wrath came in as backup. Um, So they had to fight Sloth and and Wrath at the same time, uh, which was really interesting. Um, And it was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, it it worked out well. I'm really happy that Chimera plays one-on-one really well. Uh, Yeah, you got to try that out, which you haven't before. Exactly. Uh, All we had to do, basically, was change the relationships from relationships with other people at the table to relationships with NPCs, and it practically wrote itself. That's cool. I really liked it. Um, But after that, then I had the D20 Dames panel, which was fantastic. Um, They're they're always a a fun bunch, and they have the such a funny, funny, family-friendly... Uh, Dungeons and Dragons AP. Mm-hmm. Um, and so seeing them in person put faces to voices. And yeah. like now I'm listening to their podcast and I'm like, now I can picture them talking and their facial expressions and their hand gestures and stuff like that. And it's, it like really has enhanced my uh, appreciation of their podcast, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, but I got to say hi to them afterwards and, and take some pictures and it, it was really fun. Nice. Yeah. After Descending to Midnight, um, I went and, um, like, I kind of tweeted a little bit and was like, okay, if anybody else is still around, like, I haven't decided whether I'm going home yet today or if I'm going to drive home tomorrow, whatever. Um, And so I ended up just, like, wandering the floor a little bit, looking um, around at some last-minute stuff. Didn't buy anything. It's good. (laughs) Uh, And then um, I – what did I do? Oh, I ended up going to dinner – um, with David and Rhiannon, who we'd met on the very first mm-hmm. night there, um, and a few of their friends, um, just getting some, um, 
Italian food and chatting about L5R some more. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of just like, I don't know, goofing around and that kind of yeah. stuff um, with people. And then I went home and I packed up and decided to drive home on Sunday nights so that I could have Monday to recover because mm-hmm. I didn't have anything else going super late. Um, it was probably like 8.30 before I yeah. left. So I didn't get home until like midnight, 12.30, 1, something mm-hmm. like that. Um, but I was glad to be like home in my own bed. I yeah. was, I was tired and I was done. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, after D20 dance panel, uh, we packed everything up. Uh, we had everything ready to go. And then we went to Rich Howard's Airbnb, um, mm-hmm. to play Chimera with Rich and a bunch of others. Um, and it was, uh, myself running, of course, uh, Rich, his friend, Steve, um, Sean was there. Um, and, uh, Aaron, who I had met at the previous, uh, Acaticons, um, I think friends with Jude, Aaron. Oh, Aaron Olson? Yes. yes. Yeah. I played a couple of games mm-hmm. with him over the weekend. Yeah. He was part of my little friend group. Yeah. So it was, uh, those four plus Rich's nephew, Clinton, um, okay. which was really cool. And, uh, Clinton apparently lives only like a, an hour and a half, two hours from the, from Indianapolis. So. He was able to join cool. for a bit. Um, and he had never played role-playing games before. Oh. And so that was interesting. And he's coming yeah. up with probably the most creative character. Like, his character was an alien uh, who was also a um, the cultured playbook, uh, which was a magical okay. girl playbook based around doing art. And mm-hmm. he interpreted his alien phasing powers as... He's able to push people through paper or walls, and mm-hmm. it leaves an imprint on the paper or on the surface of a truth that that person needs to know. Holy crap. Yeah. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> like, and that's his art. That, that's so I know. cool. And the we didn't get to actually play the, the actual mechanic portion of the game. Um, it was five hours of character creation and world building. What did I say? Right? That's the best part. Right? <laughs> they created this amazing, intricate world where there's like these domes that, that connect different things. And that each dome cluster is owned by a different mega corporation. They threw in, they started off with superheroes and magical girls because Rich is like, oh, I'm so wiped. Uh, uh, let's just stick with what, what I can process. Superheroes and Magical yeah. Girls. Like, not even 20 minutes into world building, Rich is like, no, we have to have fantasy too because we're having this trope as well. Let's put fantasy in. Can we do that? Can we do that? Yeah, we can do that. Okay. So now we have fantasy in there. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. And then they added, like, tropes on top of that for cyberpunk and, like, sci-fi. And, like, this world ended up being... Uh, a a bear world that was suitable for life, so it had animals and stuff on it, but no intelligent life, was populated by an extraterrestrial species that came to that planet thousands of years prior, who then genetically modified themselves because they had quad helix DNA. It was a little bit difficult. And they were able to like split into three different societies on the planet that went oh, to war against each other with genetic warfare. Oh. Yeah. And 
that's why. Th- and you're like madly scribbling this uh-huh. down. You say that again? Uh huh. <laughs> and and at, at points, I was literally leaning back in my chair, like both like proud and horrified at the same time of what they're coming up. <laughs> what horror have I wrought? <laughs> it was so good, and it turns out like the the corporations were um like using this aether crystals that they were using for their technology to power their tech uh-huh. like the discarded crystals were toxic so oh. they were saying and anywhere you harvest these crystals was super toxic but once it was refined it was fine it just once it... oh so you had like some depleted uranium yes. nonsense going and because of the genetic warfare outside the bubbles was super bad and it turns out that the corporations were leaving these depleted aether crystals outside mm-hmm. the dome directly so within okay. miles across miles outside each dome was this toxic wasteland you go out you die oh. and beyond that the world was recovering but the corporations oh. were keeping that secret from everybody so they could maintain control this is insane my gosh this game was like just so out there and amazing i i can't even that that's scratching the surface I, w- I was telling uh, Amaraz about this afterwards, and I'm like, and all of this stuff, five paragraphs later, and we're about quarter quarter of the way done. Yeah. Like, this is... I. It sounds like even though your, like, scheduled games and stuff didn't fill up and everything, like, you got a lot of valuable, like, playtesting yeah. stuff out of this, though. Yeah. Because um, it sounds like you had people, like, broaden outside the genre. It sounds mm-hmm. like you got to try out the one-on-one thing that you hadn't yeah. done before. So it sounds like it, it was still like a valuable was, experience, even if it wasn't what you thought it was going to be. Absolutely. Um, That's really cool. Yeah. And then after the five-hour session, um, we had dinner somewhere in there. Um, Rich and Steve uh, sat down with me um, and others had dispersed at that point. And mm-hmm. we talked for an hour and a half about uh, Rich was telling me what he liked what he thought needed to be tightened up a little bit. Um, just his thoughts about Chimera, even in, including yeah. like thoughts for Kickstarters, thoughts for like, uh, you know, going forward with the game. Yeah, like, that's oh cool. Oh my gosh, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it, that that Sunday night session, the, the whole mm-hmm. thing from start to finish was, I, I would have paid everything that I paid to go to Gen Con just for that alone it that's was that awesome good. that's yeah. awesome i walked away this year feeling like okay about my convention i don't think it was as good as it was in 2018 mm-hmm. 2018 was phenomenal um like it was so good this year going into it i was pretty excited mm-hmm. um partly just because the name on my badge was correct yep. That was a big deal for me. My name is legally changed, mm-hmm. and I got to, like, I didn't have to, like, cross it out and write what my name right. should be, um, which I had hoped to do last year, um, and my divorce wasn't finalized and everything mm-hmm. yet, so that was a bummer. Going into it this year, um, I have been, like, in therapy, <laughs> focusing really hard on, like, what my sense of self mm-hmm. is, because I've spent so much time, like, taking care of other people and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So really going into this, I wanted this weekend to be about mm-hmm. me. And not about, like, all this other stuff. And it ended up not being as, like, recharging and fulfilling as I wanted mm-hmm. it to be. Um, because I had kind of these high expectations of, like, I need this to be for yeah. me. And just because of, like, various other stuff happening around me, it was, like, not as good. Mm-hmm. 
Um, all the events and stuff I did were great. I had fun hanging out with my friends. I didn't come away as refreshed as I have in the right. past. Um, but it was still a lot of fun. It was still a really good convention. Yeah, I'd say overall, uh, extremely enjoyable experience for me as well. Uh, there was a mm-hmm. few times that I, I felt more isolated than I ever have before. Uh, just I think that that has that can happen. Yeah. Um, it's it feels weird because you want to be like, there's this big convention full of all these people, and I know a lot of yeah. them. Um, why do I feel like this? And it's just I, honestly, I've never had a Gen Con where that didn't happen at least a mm-hmm. little bit because you have all these people you know, but they also know all these other people. Yeah. And so it's like, you don't want to go up and be like, hey, come talk to me because mm-hmm. I know you, but they're like talking to somebody yeah. else. Um, and so it's really easy to feel like isolated in that big mm-hmm. crowd, which is kind of an unsettling feeling. You're yeah. like, well, I shouldn't feel this way. Um, but yeah, it can feel really weird because, you know, they know other mm-hmm. people and you're not the only one that they yep. know. So yeah, it, um, it was good um, when I got over that and, and I realized, you know, that, that those were the reasons why I was feeling that way and everything. Yeah. Um, so aside from that, it was just phenomenal all around. And the people that I had met were just people that I, I'll consider friends for life at this point. And mm-hmm. uh, that's just a remarkable thing. Yeah. It was a good time. I, I strongly recommend it. It's a lot. It's a lot to process and a lot to mm-hmm. plan for. And um, definitely I was more stressed going into it like more stressed about the convention going into it this year than i have been in the past in the past i've been stressed about other life Mm -hmm. junk um but i i did know that once i got there it would be great Mm -hmm. and i was right so yeah i would say planning for the con was the worst part you know and honestly i think this year the only reason my planning was bad was just because i was still trying to like write that adventure and Mm -hmm. stuff um and because like i had to move right before mm-hmm. the convention and all that kind of stuff i don't expect it'll be that bad yeah next year. and and i finished uh the version of chimera that i ran uh literally two days before the convention and, yeah, and then printed uh, a, printed a it out a day before the convention <laughs> so yeah <laughs> yeah that's a little, a little close. close uh next time uh hopefully everything will be all set and uh i'll just be able to go and, and do cool stuff yeah well i think that concludes our gen con wrap-up episode we hope that it wasn't too boring for you to listen to the things that we did that you didn't yeah. um but that's yeah that's gen, con. gen con's a lot but you know it's a lot of fun and there's a lot of cool people there and if you are going next year uh it, there is a very good chance that both amelia and myself will be there as well um oh yeah i for sure will unless some crazy life thing exactly happens. i'm fully expected yeah I, I think next time uh I'll, I'll just play a little bit better with the food stuff so i don't spend so much extra money <laughs> <laughs> all right well we'll be back next week i'm um, talking about a game that i talked about today we'll be back with heart yeah i'm very excited I'm about very it. excited cool thanks everyone for listening bye. bye character evolution cast like Character Creation Cast is a production of the One Shot Podcast Network and can be found online at www.charactercreationcast.com. Head to the website to get more information on our hosts and guests, or even find some of our character sheets. Character Creation Cast can be found on Twitter at CreationCast. I'm one of your hosts, Amelia Antrim, and I can be found on Twitter at Ginger Reckoning. Our other host, Ryan Bolter, can be found on Twitter at Lord Neptune. Music for this episode is used with a Creative Commons license or with permission from the podcast it originated from. 
Further information can be found within the show notes. This episode was edited by Amelia Antrim. Further information for today's guest can also be found in the show notes. Thanks for joining us. And remember, we find that the best part of any role-playing game is character creation. So go out there and create some amazing people. We'll see you next time. Now we gotta read some show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Show blurbs. Character Creation Cast is hosted by the OneShot Podcast Network. If you enjoyed our show, visit OneShotPodcast.com, where you'll find other great shows like Design Doc. Join hosts Hannah Schaefer and Evan Rowland as they redesign a role-playing game. Design Doc is an experiment in public participatory analog game design. It's fun, it's messy, and you're invited along for the ride. I keep bumping my table, and my waveforms are not smooth. This is very sad. I will just not touch the table. (laughs) I just sit a little bit back from the microphone, too. Apparently my mouth is too close. Mouth is too close. My mouth is too close. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my God. My mouth is so close. (laughs) (laughs) It's a little bit naughty. (laughs) A little bit. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Okay, I'll stick that at the end. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my goodness. All right. Should we take five seconds and then I'll go ahead and do the intro? That's fine. Yeah. Do we have an intro? You're just going to make it up? Oh, I'm just going to do it. Do it. We're professionals. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Well, that was really loud. Yeah, that was really loud. If you could could not. (laughs) If you're not awake yet. Can't wait to edit all this nonsense later. (laughs) But not today. Not today. Okay. What do we say to episodes we record the same day? Not today. Not today. What do we say to that episode we still haven't edited that comes out tomorrow? Definitely today. <laughs> Definitely today. Sorry. Okay. Um, aside, we are already at like um, 48 minutes. And so we still have like three days. Yeah. So we should try and like. We'll go faster. Um, be a little more yeah. concise here. Because mm-hmm. it's going to be like an hour and a half of here's all the things we did that you didn't get to do. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, two seconds. I just want to go put on some fuzzy socks. My feet are freezing and I can't think. Yes. Warm those feet. Fuzzy socks. Warm those feet. It's going to make your feet feel really neat. You're welcome for that future, Amelia. Okay. Okay. Two seconds. I gotta put these on. My, oh my god, it's so cold. <laughs> I had sandals on, and I was like, no. Why? I've even got little tiny socks on. Yeah, I got... They're not fuzzy socks, but... Oh, I got fuzzy ones that for some reason have lace on them, too. Mm. They've got, like... Look at these. They're, like... Oh, nice. Uh, yeah, they're very Super warm. fancy. Yeah. Can't wait to put that in the objects. Mm-hmm. Look at my fuzzy socks. Look at my fuzzy socks, everyone, that you can't see. Oh, okay, hold on. I gotta crack my back, too. They were a light blue, very fuzzy-looking... And it had, like, some nice little lace on. And darker blue polka dots. Yeah, Yeah, very cool. Oh, I can hear those pops. I know, I felt really good. (laughs) I have a really bad back. Uh Uh-huh.
Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> In the universe of Star Wall Odyssey, space is made out of the collective imaginations of all the thinking beings who live on various planets. These worlds are connected to each other through imagination. Common themes and ideas are strings between universes. And to get between them, people fly wooden ships that look like animals, which are powered by emotions. Also, people communicate with each other by contemplating orbs. The only way you can take pictures is getting stared at by a big psychic bug. And people have already declared victory in a war over the very concept of evil. But I'm getting ahead of myself. Star Wall Odyssey follows the adventures of the hapless inhabitants of the Lucky Finn Tenement Building, who suddenly find that their apartment is actually a spaceship, and that they're lost in a sea of boundless imagination. It's an actual play starring me, James D'Amato, Mel D'Amato, Ali Grauer, and Drew Merzieski, as we playtest the No Kings system, which will hopefully one day be the Skyjacks role-playing system. It toes the line between weird and wonderful slice of life and high-flying space fantasy. You can sample the first five episodes by searching for Star Wall Odyssey on your favorite podcast app, or get the whole thing by heading to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and signing up for $5 a month or more.